0: Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the podcast. We'll a lot to get to ahead on Locked On Cougars. We looked back at BYU football media availability yesterday. What did Kalani Sitake and Elisa Tuyaki have to say? We'll share some of that with you guys. We also will continue our look back at BYU football history. Talking about the 2010 squad. The winds of change are afoot for the BYU football program in this era. We'll explain more. And of course, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports. Colin Chandler, one of the top rated prospects, if not the top rated prospect in the state of Utah in men's hoops. Well, BYU, did they make the cut for his latest cutdown of his top schools? We'll dig into all of that ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Locked On Fantasy. Have a fantasy football question or two that you need answered before your draft? Don't miss the Locked On Fantasy Live show tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Subscribe now so that you won't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will be along to help you guys answer your questions live. You can submit them ahead of time by going on Twitter and tweeting them to Locked On Network on that platform. All right, there you go. So without further ado, let's dive in on a hump day. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 18th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. Thank you for taking some time to join us on your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A quick reminder for you guys, if you have not done so already, make sure you hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from. That way you never miss an episode. It pops right up in your podcast feed every single day, and you guys can be up to date on everything going on with the Cougars really simply. And also, another reminder for you guys, you can use your smart devices, your smartphone, your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell them, play podcast Locked on Cougars or play the Locked on Cougars podcast, and by the magic of whatever you want to term it to be, magic of radio is what I like to use, it'll pop up right there for you guys. So make sure to join us every day. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. And a huge thank you for your support, as always. Getting going here on a Wednesday edition of the show, let's talk a little bit about what we learned from BYU football media availability yesterday. And we were hoping, as a media core, to be out at BYU practice yesterday. Originally, the original release from BYU revealed that Tuesday and Thursday this week were supposed to be open practices, not full open practice. We, as the media, get to watch by the last 15 to 20 minutes of practices but they closed all of that this week. and gone to a remote style. I think it is due in part, obviously, to the reasoning behind them canceling the Cougar kickoff last night, which was a disappointment, obviously. A lot of BYU fans, I'm sure young fans in particular, hoping to interact with their favorite players, etc. But I think also there's concerns with regards to the COVID-19 ongoing pandemic. BYU Education Week has announced that they are going to require attendees are actually not required. They're going to strongly encourage attendees to wear masks. I really do think BYU deciding to go all remote for BYU this week is in response to the rising numbers, plain and simple. And I I don't have a problem with it. Let me be clear about that right up front. I understand why they're doing it. They want to make sure that the players and coaches are safe and they can make sure their season gets underway. There's a lot of concern, obviously just to make sure the guys are healthy and obviously there's ongoing concerns with regards to vaccination rates. I don't have any insight on BYU's vaccination rates, so I understand those who have asked me about it. I wish I had more information for you, but I'm just going off of the information that I have, and that's something I don't have information on, so I'm not even going to begin to try and explain what I think it is. It's just it's not my place to step in there. On some other news that I do know, we do know what Kalani Satake had to say yesterday, and let's talk a little bit about that. I do think that it was a very interesting media session with him yesterday because he was asked, and Mitch Harper, to his credit, was the one that kind of got to the heart of this, asking why BYU and their decision when it comes to the starting quarterback is such a big decision. Well, Kalani answered that, and here's what he had to say.
1: For us, is to see if you're having a difficult time like we are, that means that you, uh, you've got a good group, you know. And So it's two things. Either you don't have a good group or you have a good group. And, and we feel like we have a lot of confidence in these three guys and, and then feel really comfortable with the guys that are, are behind them and the guys that we're seeing improve and get better. So I, I feel really good about the whole room. I know A-Rod does. Um, and, and it's just a matter of uh, the guy winning out the spot outright, you know. And, and as long as they keep performing, doing well, uh, all three of them individually, then, then they're going to make it really hard for us. But for the coaching staff, we have to figure out where the guys are going to, have, to, to have the most success. And that's what we're trying to figure out in the next few practices.
0: Not sure who was coughing in the middle of that answer, but I think you caught the gist of it. The Kalani, he acknowledges the fact that the three-man race at quarterback is a, actually a, de- a good thing, not a decent thing, a good thing for BYU to have because they legitimately feel like they have three legit options who can lead them to success. Now, obviously, as I mentioned yesterday, based on my conversations with multiple people who have been at practices and were at the scrimmage on Saturday, I have been told that both Jaron Hall and Jacob Conover have separated themselves ever so slightly from Baylor Romney. I will reiterate, Baylor Romney is not out of this quarterback race by any way, shape, or form, or in any way, shape, or form, and he will be in the mix until he is not, plain and simple. The good news is Kalani was asked, well, which quarterbacks or which quarterback is showing separation? And, well, he laid it out for you.
1: All three are showing great separation from the rest. I mean, it's, it's really close right now. So we'll have to, I mean, there's going to be some moments where we're going to have to make some decisions on on, on how to, you know, function from here on out. But they're making it really difficult on us, and that's, that's a really good sign.
0: Well, that's clear as mud. Uh, Sorry for the bad pun there, bad joke. But nonetheless, all three of them very much still in the mix. I I think that's the overarching sentiment and what I am hearing out of camp. But as I said, I will reiterate it. People I have trusted for years who have fed me good information, they are by quote-unquote tried-and-true sources, they are saying there's an uh, ever-so-slight separation between Jaron Hall and Jacob Conover They've kind of moved themselves away from Baylor-Romney. But it will continue to play out throughout the rest of training camp here. And just very, very intriguing because there's a lot of concern about who is going to be leading the BYU offense. I get that. Another point from Kalani Sitake was he was also asked with regards to the quarterback situation, when would the announcement come? Could it come as soon as after this week's scrimmage on Saturday? Well, apparently not.
1: Uh, hard to forecast. I, I can't just say it right now when, when we're going to have that done. I know it'll be done before the game, but uh, the sooner the better for all of us.
0: Well, if it's better for all of us, Kalani, just announce it and move on with it already. Okay, I'll stop now. Uh, one other note before we move on to other topics on today's podcast was a question was asked to Kalani Satake with regards to the preseason polls, in particular, the AP poll that was released on Monday. As we mentioned, Tom Murphy, the only writer uh, from Arkansas to have BYU in his preseason top 25, giving them all six of the votes they received in the AP top 25 preseason poll. Well, Kalani was asked if any of that gives his team motivation. And here's what his response was.
1: I haven't even looked at it myself, so I don't know if the guys are even focused on that. I don't think that's a focus that we're. They're trying to learn their plays and learn their technique, and you know we, we have goals, but we're not that, that type of team where we have to worry about things like that. We're just going to try to perform at our best. We're going to keep it simple for our guys, just try to be at their best and see what happens. So that other stuff doesn't really motivate these guys.
0: So there you go. Preseason polls will not be bulletin board material. At least Kalani Sitake will not acknowledge it to the media. Nonetheless, I think that players are smart enough to see what they did a year ago, finishing number 11 in the AP poll, and only one rider from around the entire country believes that they are a top 25 caliber team going into the season. I think there might be some motivation there, but apparently it will not be coming from the top, coming from Kalani Satake down the ranks. It'll maybe have to come from the players themselves, but nonetheless, I look forward to this upcoming season. I think the players are excited for it. I think they understand what is at stake for them considering the reputation of the 2020 season obviously being adjudicated with how they perform in 2021. Fair or not, let's be clear about that. But I do think that Kalani will have his guys ready to go when they kick it off here against Arizona. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll take a look back. The final decade opens in our 100 seasons of BYU Football Countdown. We're looking back at 2010, the winds of change are a for the BYU football program during this season, and some interesting things that came out of it as well that obviously affected the future of the BYU football program as well. We'll touch on all of that in mere moments today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at bet online of course they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action the major league baseball season is in full swing right now you can track all that action over at bet online in addition to all the other sports you're interested in including the nfl college football nba nhl golf all your ufc mma action is also covered there Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting news by going to betonline.ag now. Whether it's on your laptop or your mobile device, you can sign up for a free account now and check out all of the great sporting news, the bonuses they seem to be always offering, and contest information as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and also make sure you receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using the promo code LOCKED ON. Yes. of whatever you deposit the first time will be given to you as free credits to play with at BetOnline. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make that first deposit. It's all courtesy of BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Continuing on now with our 100 seasons of BYU Football Countdown here, we enter the 2010s today as we talk about the 2010 season for the BYU Football Program. And this season... Full of intrigue, obviously. The Max Hall era had ended, and obviously the Cougars had never accomplished what BYU fans ultimately wanted them to accomplish. But the recruiting class for 2010 was extremely highly thought of, obviously led by five-star quarterback Jake Heaps. He arrived on campus in Provo with plenty of attention. Obviously, the infamous, now infamous uh, press conference over there at Iggy's, but he came in, competed for the starting job, and was crowned the starting quarterback for BYU. And 2010 was going to be his first chance to show what he could do coming out of the state of Washington. But uh, an announcement on the eve of the 2010 season would set BYU on the track to where they stand today. And that was the announcement in late August of 2010 The BYU, after years of... Years, uh, every year that we have talked about BYU football to this point, as a member of a conference, Brigham Young University would pursue independence as a football program and place all of their other sports, uh, some of them in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation like men's volleyball, but by and large, men's basketball, women's basketball, etc., They would compete in the West Coast Conference, leaving the Mountain West Conference, which they had helped form just over a decade prior. Obviously, longtime members of the WAC before that, the Skyline Conference, if you have been listening to this podcast for the better part of nearly four months now, we have talked about the various conferences that BYU has competed in. But they announced in 2010, and let's be real, part of it was in response to Utah and TCU I know Utah got the first invite to go to the Pac-12 in 2010. They would join the Pac-12 in 2011 when BYU would officially go independent. Their first season is independent. We will talk about tomorrow in 2011, but TCU later getting that opportunity to go to the Big 12. Well, BYU, very unhappy with where things stood with the Mountain West Conference, in particular The TV deal, the Mountain, had not panned out as expected. They hoped to get in front of more and more fans. And obviously, having a partner with ESPN was a massive, massive thing for BYU to be able to be successful right out the shoot as an independent program. Now, the 2010 season, obviously, their final season in the Mountain West Conference. I'm sure that BYU would have probably expected to maybe have a little better season going out of the conference, but nonetheless, they competed, plain and simple. They absolutely competed in the 2010 season, but things did not go as swimmingly as they probably could have, considering BYU faced three quarterbacks who would be taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, the season opened up with plenty of intrigue, obviously. A guy like Jake Heaps, he wins the starting quarterback job. Well, he's facing his hometown team, speaking of the Washington Huskies at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on September 4th. Of 2010. Well, the Cougars, to their credit, won that game twenty-three to seventeen. So sweet. Everything's hunky dory. You've got a true freshman quarterback, a five star talent. He has come in and made the position his. Well, what's gonna happen? Well, the next week, BYU went to Air Force, and as is customary, it seems like, when you get an early date with the Air Force Falcons, you seem to struggle, and BYU lost that game 35 to 14. What you did not expect is this would set off a cavalcade, which would result in a four-game losing streak. The following week, BYU went to Bobby Bowden Field at Doak Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee, Florida to take on the Florida State Seminoles, were summarily dismissed 34-10, then lost to Nevada and Colin Kaepernick, 27-13 in Provo, and then went to Utah State and stunningly lost to the Aggies, 31-16. Gary Anderson getting the first win for Utah State in some time over the Cougars, and I got to tell you, I remember talking, I have some extended family that are Aggies. Ooh, don't, 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 don't spread that around, Jake. But nonetheless, 2010, when Utah State won, I remember hearing from one of my, I, what I, What do you call them? Like a distant relative. They're not direct cousins. They're, I, I don't even know how to term it, but they were like, this is going to change things. BYU and Utah State are going to be on more of a level playing field from here on out. Well, in some cases, that worked out. In other cases, not so much. But it capped a four-game losing streak. And suddenly, with Jake Heaps at the helm, BYU is struggling at 1-4. and four. They did bounce back to beat San Diego State narrowly, 24-21. to But then they had to go to Amon G. Carter Stadium to take on TCU, who was ranked number four in the country at that time. And they were absolutely smoked, 31-3 to there in Fort Worth. So... At the midway point of the season for BYU, they sit at 2-5, and and the back half of the season would feature a much lighter schedule, and BYU finally got things going. Wyoming uh, came to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on October 23rd and was beaten 25-20. Then BYU absolutely smoked UNLV 55-7, then crushed Colorado State 49-10, beat New Mexico 40-7, and suddenly things are looking a lot rosier for BYU, considering at that point they were then 6-5. Then they faced number tw- 23 Utah in Rice-Eccles Stadium for the regular season finale and were beaten narrowly, 17-16, to 16, a game that I think BYU fans will forever remember for a certain fumble that I am still convinced Brandon Bradley's knee was down. That's just me. You can argue with me if you want, but I truly believe his knee was down and BYU should have had that ball. But as such, BYU uh, was 6-6 six and six as they awaited a bowl berth. They were 5-3 and three in the Mountain West Conference, tied for third place along with Air Force and San Diego State. TCU finished number two in the polls that year. They were perfect 13-0. They were 8-0 and in the Mountain West Conference, winning the conference title. Utah finished second at 7-1. They were 10-3. But BYU did get an invite to the New Mexico Bowl where they would face the UTEP Minors in that game. This, in my opinion, might have been the finest game of Jake Heap's collegiate career as he led the Cougars to a 52-24 victory there at University Stadium in Albuquerque and capping off a winning season overall for BYU, 7-6. and six. Now, the announcement that BYU is going independent in 2010, obviously Jake Heap's taking over the starting quarterback. There were a lot of different changes for the BYU football program, but at the conclusion of this season, it obviously sifted the attention from Robert and I, and there was some thought that he had kind of run his course as BYU's offensive coordinator. Well, he left the program in the offseason to go to the University of Arizona, would spend some time there, obviously, before returning to BYU. But Brandon Doman, going into 2011, was tasked as, and promoted to be the new offensive coordinator, to have a new offense, and hopefully highlight the strengths of Jay Keeps. Folks, looking back at what Jake's heaps, uh, Jake Heaps, not Jake's heaps, Jake Heaps accomplished as a true freshman, I think it's a very strong argument that Robert Nye's system maybe fit Jake Heaps' skill set a little bit more. Brandon Doman, as we all know, tried to kind of revamp BYU's offense to more of a West Coast pro style offense. And well, it didn't really take root before he was uprooted as offensive coordinator for BYU, but we'll cover that in a couple of episodes as we we'll talk about 2012 and 2013. But you look back at it, and what Jay keeps accomplished as a true freshman was the high point of his career, and that's just stunning to think about. He transferred, obviously, to Kansas and then ultimately Miami, now works as a radio host up there in Seattle. But just crazy to think about the trajectory. It felt like he was on early in his career, never went beyond that as a true freshman. Now, one other note from the 2010 season is involves yours Truly. 2010 was the first year I covered BYU in a professional setting. And what I mean by that is in the summer of 2010, Greg Rubel, and this is in the very early days of Twitter, the vast majority of you probably had no idea what it was. I had a good buddy of mine convince me to sign up for it on a whim. He said, this is kind of funny. You can post status updates and blah, 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 blah. This is like the earliest of the early days of Twitter. Well, I got on Twitter, I was following Greg Rubel as being a BYU guy, and he put out on social media, hey, I'm looking for interns for the upcoming season. If you're interested, send me your resume, blah, 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 blah. I had the distinct thought, okay, that'd be really cool to be part of the broadcast for BYU, but I thought I had no chance, and you know what, of getting that gig, because I was a BYU student studying history. I was not studying communications, I was not studying broadcast journalism I thought for sure I would not get that gig. My father, to his everlasting credit, and I, I owe him the world for this suggestion, and he said, Jake, the worst that they can say is no. Apply for it. I applied for it. Greg Bell called me two or three days later, and Greg, if you happen to be listening to this, I don't know why you would. I was hyperventilating probably talking to you, but he said, I'd like to talk to you about the opportunity. Can we interview you? I said, absolutely. Where do you want to meet? Blah, 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 blah. Well. Long story short, I met with Greg, and shortly thereafter, he calls me up and says, Jake, if you want this gig, it's yours. And I was driving my car down University Avenue in Provo, and I still remember that phone call to this day, and I was as stunned as anybody, but it has completely changed my life, and I owe a lot of that to my father, to Greg Rubel. There are other people who have helped me along my way, guys like David Locke and Scott Gerard, et cetera, to where I'm at today doing this podcast, et cetera, but It all changed in 2010 for me. It's been over a decade now, and I am forever grateful to do what I do on a day-to-day basis covering BYU and the vast uh, vast other amount of sports that I am lucky enough to cover working for the Zone Sports Network. But it all changed in the summer of 2010, folks. And for better or worse you're stuck with me. Uh, just put it that way. So we'll talk more about 2011 on tomorrow's podcast. How did Brandon Doman's debut as the offensive, co- offensive coordinator for BYU go? We'll dig into all of that ahead on tomorrow's podcast. Coming up momentarily, though, we're going to look at how things went for the week one of the preseason for former Cougars and the pros. Some guys are already getting cut with roster cutdowns. We'll get into all of that. And, of course, we need to talk about Colin Chandler announcing his top six schools. the BYU make the cut? You probably know the answer, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar. Folks, here's a tip. If you want the best price on Built Bar boxes of bars, I would get to Built.com right now. They're having what they're calling their factory sale, they their factory seconds. And I got on there yesterday, ordered a box of banana nut bread as well as cherry barcia, two of my favorite flavors. I cannot wait for those to show up on my doorstep. And the best part was it was like over like 10 bucks off a box. It's absolutely insane right now. And the best part about this is don't tell anybody. You also can get another 15% off of that insane price by using the promo code lock 15 at built.com. These are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had in my entire life. I'm not trying to blow smoke at you guys. I absolutely love built bars. The best part about built bars is they are healthy. 100% chocolate covering them on the outside they're soft and easy to chew they taste like a candy bar and you will not believe how good they are for you considering how good tasting they are so get over to built.com right now like i said when that sale is over that factory sale it's over plain and simple so take advantage of it now and use that promo code lock 15 for an additional 15 percent off your order once again promo code lock 15 at built.com and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with built bar One more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at First Colony Mortgage. You all know the 1984 National Championship Squad for BYU is an absolute legendary squad. Well, did you know there's another championship team that got its start in Utah County that very same year, and that is our friends at First Colony Mortgage. First Colony Mortgage is a full-service mortgage lender, meaning from beginning to end, everything is taken care of by the First Colony team. Zach Hicken is our loan officer with the First Colony team for Locked On Cougars. Any financing that you might happen to need for your home, Zach is there to take care of you guys. And I will check up on him if you want me to. He's a good friend, but he wants to take care of you guys. Whether you're looking to get into a new home, capitalize on your home's equity with a cash-out refinance, or take advantage of just absolutely insane low rates, Zach is there to walk you through every step of the loan process. You can contact Zach directly by calling him at 801-380-0752. Once again, 801-380-0752. Or check out his website, HickenHomeLoans.com. That's H-I-C-K-E-N, Hicken, HickenHomeLoans.com. That's Zach Hicken, NMLS, 205-2216, First Colony Mortgage, NMLS, 3112, First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender, and First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner with us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, my friends, it's been a busy show. We got a bunch more information to get through quickly here, so stay with us real quick as we wrap up today's show, but let's start off on the NFL front. 24 former Cougars currently trying to make their respective rosters across the National Football League. Two of them have been released. Alevahifu, who was signed by Arizona, the Cardinals, on August 6th. He did not play in the preseason opener, and he was waived shortly thereafter. Diane Lake, of course, uh, formerly of Northridge High School and BYU, he reached an injury settlement after he was placed on injured reserve on August 6th. Uh, got injured during the early parts of training camp for the Rams, and He is now a free agent once again. Hopefully got some money for his troubles there, and hopefully it will recover quickly, maybe get another opportunity down the road here in the season. Some other guys who stood out in the first week of the preseason, Zane Anderson, he had three tackles, two of them solo. Funny enough, he was actually playing linebacker or listed a linebacker for a time for the Chiefs, but moved to cornerback earlier in the week. Uh, Matt Bushman had one reception for five yards for the Raiders. Brady Christensen started and played most of their game at right tackle. Also played some left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Other guys in week one included Zach Daw. He had one tackle for the Falcons as he faced off against Chandon Herring and the Titans. Uh, Herring played tackle, but recorded no stats. Obviously, it's more of a participation thing when it comes to the offensive line. But good to see Chandon Herring getting his opportunity to show what he can do. Taysom Hill continues the battle for the starting quarterback job with the New Orleans Saints. He started their first game, went 8-of-12 passing for 81 yards and had an interception that It wasn't a great throw, but also the receiver kind of gave up on the route, and it led to the interception. Not a good look, but the good news is is Jameis Winston, his competition for the job, also had an interception in his own right, and that's been something that has really been a bugaboo for J- Jameis Winston. Other guys who played on the weekend, Tristan Hodge actually played tackle for the New York Jets. Zach Wilson obviously playing for the New York Jets as well. He was 6-9 six for 63 yards. Led the uh, Jets to get into a position to score a field goal in that game before being lifted out of that game. Tyson Williams, the former BYU grad transfer, he carried the ball 10 times for 42 yards. Also had five receptions for 23 yards. For the Baltimore Ravens, Jamal Williams, nine rushes for the Detroit Lions for 15 yards in their preseason opener. Chris Wilcox had two tackles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Troy Warner playing for the Rams, started on special teams that had no stats in his game. Kyle Van Noy three tackles for the New England Patriots. Kairos Tonga started a defensive tackle, stunningly enough, for the Chicago Bears. Sione Takitaki, three tackles for the Cleveland Browns. Daniel Sorensen, no stats for the Chiefs, despite playing limited reps. Micah Simon had zero catches on two targets for the Panthers. Kainakua, six total tackles, three of them solos, and a pass breakup in 35 total snaps for the 49ers. Dax Milne, making a huge impression, by the way, in Washington, very much probably could make this roster as a seventh-round pick. He had two receptions for 16 yards on four targets, also had one punt return for 19 yards, and also played some special team snaps. And then finally, Harvey Longy, 10 total tackles, leading the Patriots with eight of them being solo. Isaiah Kafusi, five tackles, a tackle for loss in that mix, which was a fourth down stop for the Indianapolis Colts. And then finally, I think I have run down everybody, Corbin Kafusi, who played a right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. He did allow two pressures according to NFL stats in 15 snaps. Nine of them were pass-blocking snaps, so not a great percentage, but obviously he'll be looking to improve. So hopefully I round down everybody who is participating for BYU or former Cougars from BYU or who are trying to make NFL rosters. We'll continue to talk about these as they come along. Uh Bron obviously is now playing for the New England uh, not the New England Packers, the Green Bay Packers as a tight end. Fred Warner uh, also did not play for the 49ers. Uh, they're both guys who were not uh, playing for the Cougars this week, or former Cougars who are not playing this week. I sound like a broken record, but nonetheless, apologies for that. So best of luck to all these former Cougars trying to make their rosters. Guys like Van Noy, guys like Warner, they're a lock to make their rosters. But there are a lot of other guys who are very much up in the air. The next round of cuts will come on August 24th when they go down to 80 players, if I'm not mistaken, and then the final cuts come August 31st with a huge cut down from those 80 players, maybe 75 players, to the 53-man rosters which will comprise those active rosters. Some guys will get, obviously, practice squad opportunities, but we hope to see double-digit Cougars making their rosters this year, and obviously the preseason is the time to prove that. Now, one final note for you guys before we go today is Colin Chandler announced his final six schools. He is out of Farmington High School up there in northern Utah. He is one of the best prospects to come out of this state in some time, and I'll be honest, there's been a lot of good talent who have come out of Utah I think that Colin Chandler is among the best in recent memory. A guy who averaged 22 points as a junior a year ago for the Phoenix. Well, BYU did make the cut. They're one of the final six teams to make his final six list. A lot of Pac 12 teams, though Arizona, Oregon, as well as Utah and Stanford. Excuse me. Those are the four Pac 12 schools. And of course, BYU's arch nemesis in the WCC, Gonzaga, comprise his final six. That is some very, Very stiff competition if BYU wants to win in the end to get Colin Chandler to play for BYU. But I can tell you this much. So long as he wants to continue to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that is one hook that BYU will have with him. But I can tell you this much. Mark Pope and his staff, they are dogged recruiters. They will get after Colin Chandler as much as they are humanly allowed to. And they will do everything within their power to get that young man to come to Provo to play for the BYU basketball program. I really think that there's a reason why BYU made that final cut. It's because a guy like Colin Chandler, he's been feeling the love from BYU for a long time now, and there's no reason to believe that BYU is going to back off now when the other big dogs are from the Power Five or the, the number, one team ranked, number one ranked team in the country, speaking of Gonzaga. They believe they have a shot, and I will trust them until he says, I'm going somewhere else. But time will tell. Uh, the good news is he did make that final six, and that's right where you want to be if you're the BYU men's basketball program. All right, so a very uh, condensed version of what I like to do during the season, looking back at the week that was for the NFL. A lot of players to get through, and obviously, I hope you guys stuck with me through that, but nonetheless, your guys' support of the podcast is absolutely phenomenal. We announced it yesterday. I have a pair of tickets to the University of Utah BYU game on September 11th. If you would like to be in the running for those, you did not hear the podcast yesterday, you'd like to be in the running to win those tickets, I want to hear why you guys feel you are deserving of winning them. Send them in on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars, my personal Twitter handle, at Jacob C. Hatch, or email us your reasoning for wanting to be the winner. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. It's two tickets, folks. A pair of tickets to be in the stands with BYU Faces Utah. They're not great seats, I'll be frank about that. They're the nosebleed of nosebleed seats, but you will be in the stands hopefully to see BYU end that nine-game losing streak to the Utes on September 11th. So if you want to be in the running for it, send in your submissions now. All right, way over time on today's show, but a big thank you all the same for your guys' support. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 18th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.